Welcome to About Men in Love. This is the conversation between Letu and Reggie. Today's topic is on men and love. We'll be discussing quite a few things around romantic relationships, men, masculinity, and basically being leaders in their romantic relationship. And I'm just going to start this conversation with one of the, the quotes that was once said by Alain de Baton, who is uh, uh, one of the brilliant psychoanalysts. Um, and he says that perhaps it is true that we do not really exist until there is someone there to see us existing. We cannot properly speak until there is someone who can understand what we are saying. In essence, we are not fully alive until we are loved. So later, um, there's quite a few things that I think nowadays our youth and men are faced with and it, it, it's quite evident even on social media and everywhere in the society that there seem to be a struggle around construction of romantic relationship, loving purposefully and basically sticking to one partner. And I wonder what is your reflection and understanding of the current struggle with regard to that? Thank you, Reggie. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, I mean, love, um, commitment, Friendship, creating the dream together. These are all things that whether you're a man or a woman, you are at some point going to have to deal with your face. And mm. hopefully when you are at that place, you've got the content to help you navigate through it. Um, The quote that you just read, very, very interesting because it talks mm. to... Mm. This idea of being visible and coming alive now that there's someone else who sees you. And I think just to borrow on that concept of seeing, I think mm. that it's important for us to acknowledge that mm. what we are really pursuing at the end of the day is some way that I, I get recognized for who I really am and appreciated for who I really am. And that who I am at that point in time is enough for someone. And now that they have said it's enough, they can take me on as a partner. Mm. Which is an extreme place of vulnerability. It's a place where you are, if you're honest, you are very scared to traverse. And I think to me, the big question around the topic is how vulnerable can we really be to allow this thing to evolve and grow and become? Because vulnerability is at the core of what is the biggest struggle in relationships. And it's not just now. It's been there forever. Mm -hmm. But there are dynamics in our current age that obviously make it a bit more difficult. So maybe yeah, we can talk around that. There's something that you mentioned around the content that one needs to have in order to be in a romantic relationship. Can you maybe just uh, just extend on that, what you, what you mean? So I think what I mean by that is, you know, when you, when you pursue a romantic relationship and when you are being pursued or you pursue someone in order to get to a romantic relationship, mm. you, you come from a place of projecting that you're confident that you know what you're doing, that you've got some type of information with mm -hmm. you that that gives you confidence that what you're doing, you're clear about it, you know what you're trying to achieve and you know how to get there. And therefore, you want this person to trust you in the journey and also work it out with them and what content and information and knowledge they have. And I think it's that content I'm talking about. So whatever it is that you have inside of you, whether it's experiential knowledge, whether you've read a lot and you've observed a bit, it's, that is the stuff that makes you know that, okay, I'm ready for this. Because ultimately, we approach relationships with a fair amount of confidence that we can make it work. Mm. 
to, to actually touch on that, is, is this content supposed to be gender-based or supposed to be a childhood experience? Just to understand whether the struggle with relationship recently, is it because of lack of content amongst men and women or lack of content amongst men specifically due to their struggle with their masculine norms? So let me start with this, the, the last part, the one about men and masculinity. I think there are challenges around the concept of what it means to be uh, masculine. And that that confusion has caused a lot of men to pursue masculinity in a way that is unnecessary and not not accurate. And because the confusion is widespread, it's difficult for men to be speaking to each other about you know, the, the, the confusion because they are all stuck in the same confusion. And those that do seem to have some kind of information, maybe they are not as accessible. And therefore, there isn't a very good way of being able to check that content around the masculinity issue. Coupled with that is the issue of these are not things that we traditionally learn through just talking to anybody. They are passed down from generation to generation within a relational context. So whether it's a family relational context or it's it's friends close to you. And so when that gets destabilized in whatever way, then that filter of information is also messed up and it doesn't flow well down the line. And then it also means that you, what you observe, because it's not just what you are told, it's also what you watched. What you watched is also getting messed up along the way. And so that gets uh, destabilized. And therefore, you are also struggling with not having access to that. So the experiential knowledge is, is lost. You don't see it. You don't hear about it and you're going to try and grab whatever you can from whatever is around you. And there's no one around you to help you take it out, whether this information is accurate and it's, it's good information and it's good practice. And therefore, men get lost. Then in that, now to answer the second part of your question about things that could be learned throughout childhood or in your early years. Well, that's definitely true. A lot of us learn how to relate by those who were with us in our early years and what we saw. In fact, those things get built into our subconscious mind to an extent where you don't even know you're acting out of those experiences and that knowledge and that understanding that you gained back then. And you just find yourself behaving in a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. I look at an example in my own family where um, I've got a twin brother and my wife wouldn't understand certain ways I behaved until she met my twin brother and she said, mm -hmm. wow, you guys are exactly the same. This is definitely something that you guys mm -hmm. learned at home. So you know, and that was our way of conveying masculinity and, you know, from what we had seen around us. And so it's those things that are subconscious that we don't even know. And it's important for you to have a time in your life where you actually can reflect on those things. Mm -hmm. Where you can stop and say, wow, where did I get this from? Where did I learn it? How did I learn it? Why did I learn it? And then you can start to understand yourself a bit better. Also that you can communicate yourself better to the person that you are pursuing uh, romantically. Mm. There's something that you mentioned in one confusion. Um, I do wonder with whatever childhood experience and learning that is needed to construct a romantic relationship might be emanating from the lack of maybe um, male figures in the family, which leads to this confusion that actually might lead to the, the subject of of shame and lack of vulnerability amongst men. Because I do think that most men, when they, they don't know what they are doing and they're expected to know, it's difficult to be vulnerable and, and actually um, 
disclose their feelings to someone or rather disclose that they don't know what they are doing instead they act out most of the time sure look the 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 social context the the the, the environment you you are raised in that you gain your understanding and thinking and convictions in is very important to your way that you see relationships so mm. in oftentimes um maybe let me take an a good example of South Africa where we've moved from a, a a social environment that was very racially based where um white people related to white people Indians to Indians colors to colors and black to black it it made that environment easier for some people to be able to relate because it was all the same people in the same culture and the same ethnic group and therefore they could actually understand each other's norms and values so now that you're in a space where there's much more interracial relationships you find that there's a lot of questions around how those relationships actually work because you are taking people from various backgrounds putting them in the same space and saying well you need to work out norms and values that make sense to you and that makes sense to your relationship and those often are, are being negotiated with quite a lot of tension because of so many things that are influencing that including the people from the backgrounds that we come from wanting to intervene on these norms and values that we are creating and creating in themselves in that space creating a bit of tension so and in a way the idea of of the social environment that a lot of young black men mm. found themselves in of fathers that are supposedly absent is mm. also linked very much to the migrant labor system and how their fathers had to leave and had to find themselves other environments and even other families and homes far away from um, from their original homes and so on. And that created all sorts of understanding of what home and relationship and romantic relationship actually is. And, and you've got to be able to see it within that context. But on a much broader level, there is still something that operated back then that is operating right now that still has an impact. And that is a social system created by capitalism. Capitalism created a social system where certain able-bodied men go and work in industry and bring back home the wage and able-bodied women will stay at home and reproduce labor by by taking care of the home environment, but also physically giving birth to um, people who are going to go back and, and work in those factories. And that was a capitalist mode of production linked to a capitalist social system. And that still exists today. And what you find is that because it still exists, there's still a system that also, a social system that also expects men to be occupying a very similar type of role in the home. And that role is changing because capitalism is also changing. It's allowing much more female leadership and allowing females to earn more salaries and so on. And that is is in a social system. It's it's not just money or economics. It's very much social. It has a social implication. And so those are the current environments that we are finding ourselves in that also have an impact on romantic relationships. It has an impact on what give and take negotiations we have in romantic relationships, on roles and what roles we play in romantic relationships and how we justify those roles nowadays. And what we're finding is that through the generations, those changes have not been always articulated well to the generations coming to tell them, listen, expect this because your world is going to be different from the world before and therefore you need to be able to have different ways of negotiating in, in your romantic relationships mm, mm, mm. 
to some extent, I feel like men are left behind with all the socialization that was done and handed over from generation to generation. They're left behind by the economy. In relation to economy, then they cannot be able to provide, despite the fact that the society socialized them to provide, if it's the requirement of a romantic relationship. And with that being the case, with the economy not doing well, most men do find themselves in spaces where they cannot be able to be in a romantic relationship or rather feel like they are being seen in a romantic relationship. And I just want to touch and extend on that with the subject of shame and vulnerability. How do we become vulnerable as men? Vulnerable enough and to be able to, to fall or be in a romantic relationship with someone when all the economical climate is not talking to, to us positively and with all the changes that are happening uh, due to the capitalist society. Sure. I think um, the concept of providing needs to be really um, unpacked and redefined, at least from what it has traditionally meant, because providing traditionally is bringing home the bacon, as they say, um, bringing home the way and it should be enough to satisfy the requirements, the material requirements of the home. Um, that is to be unpacked and, and really we need to change it because you can provide in many different ways and, and have impact. Um, that is something that men haven't yet been able to see, that their presence is providing, that their teaching is providing, um, that they them giving emotional security is providing. So there's many ways of providing. And what we need to do is be careful, even more so now, who we become vulnerable to and much more in tune to what do they know and think and understand around providing. Because it's a big concept for them. And what they want to do is find themselves with somebody who shares the same values and principles around this concept so that it becomes a worthwhile investment for them when they're in that relationship. And so let's start there. So the concept of what it means to provide, we definitely need to do more work around. Now let's look at the reality that men are still providing materially. Now that in itself is great because we do still need it. But I think what needs to happen in that space is that you need to understand your real capacity mm. to provide. And I'm going to link this later on. You've got to know your real capacity and communicate because there are much more that is working with you and against you in providing to the capacity to which you want and you've got to be really realistic about it before you make promises that you really cannot keep mm. um so now linking that to the romantic relationship and vulnerability when we pursue romantic relationships oftentimes we're pursuing them mm. with creating and having communicated mm. this picture of something quite lofty that we are going to give to the the one that we are quoting and we say we will do all these amazing things and not having really thought through what it means for you every day when you wake up in the morning for you to get to that picture so we paint a beautiful picture now painting a picture in itself is not bad but what i find to be difficult is when you paint a picture knowing very well that actually i am never going to get anywhere close to this and then you allow a person to buy into that picture Without even communicated, listen, it was just us talking at a certain point when I was motivated in a certain kind of way. But let's now reset this conversation and talk about what really can we do now and what we can pursue yeah, together. Yeah. And that's where vulnerability comes in. So if you think about what it means to be vulnerable, it's about not hiding your true self. It's not hiding your weaknesses and your strengths, not hiding where you come short and 
being able to also communicate your dreams very very much important communicate your dreams but state mm. that these are dreams and this is what you want to work towards with your 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 person and not leave it as i'm definitely going to work towards this on my own because i've got all the capacity to do it that's what we normally do as men that's the masculinity that we've mm. adopted one that says we do not need anyone else to work towards a much bigger goal or a dream mm. and that is not being vulnerable that is what creates this expectation that you can or are someone and when you cannot meet that expectation the first person that you mm. probably struggle to relate to well is actually yourself so you have self condemnation and you start not liking yourself and not feeling that you are respected because well you haven't been able to reach certain dreams or goals that you had set for yourself and you think that the person that you are with only likes you if you are reaching those goals you don't know if they actually like you even without reaching those goals and because you were never really vulnerable about your real capacity and i think part of it and I'm going to end with this point part of it is that masculinity that we've been taught is a masculinity of conquering as men we have the sense that we need to conquer everything we touch you conquer your fears you you conquer your your female partner mm. you know um and once you've conquered you just move on and you go to the next goal and you conquer that one and the next one and you conquer that one and that is not a relationship so you cannot conquer a woman you cannot conquer you you relate to them you work life out with them and perhaps our expectations that um the feminine is looking for a conqueror and one who's going to conquer everything around mm. including her we we get we get that confused that expectation mm. is very incorrect we should have a different expectation so at the end of it the knowledge of what it means to go into a relationship what is really expected is what counts and it needs to be good knowledge good understanding not this stuff that we are running around with today which oftentimes is just incorrect and it's also destroying to the masculine it communicates a, a masculine that we could never really achieve and therefore then we struggle when we we know that now we cannot achieve it anymore and it has detrimental effects people commit suicide because they no longer now know who they are anymore because this masculinity hasn't been reached or they believe they'll never reach it i think what what i'm actually just you know because you you said quite a lot of uh things when you you referred them to ourselves listening to you I'm asking who who is ourselves who is this identity that you maybe are referring to in your utterances because to some extent I do feel that uh, as men most of the time than not we don't have an identity or a blueprint uh, hence you see most of the time we think we are loved in our relationship when we are dating we think we are loved for what we can do than for who we are and that actually touches on on the definition of intimacy and how we are unable to be intimate because intimacy according to Esther Perel um, intimacy means into mean see we are unable to be vulnerable to be seen for who we are but who we are is not known hence we stick to the performativity around masculinity absolutely so if you if you think about what it it's like to to have that kind of friendship that you've always wanted. Oftentimes you think about a place and a time where no matter how bad your day is, mm. no matter how much you don't like yourself, no matter how much people around you have criticized you, you still have a place where you're accepted. And honestly, you are just enough. 
you. And that's really what you're talking about. So the first thing then is to try and find out who is this you that you want accepted. Mm. And this you is not the one you want to be. It's a you at that place in time. So if you had to just take a, a snapshot of us right now, myself right now, you right now, that is the you that you're talking about. Not with the person you want to be in the future. Mm. And now the point is to be able to communicate that very clearly to a to someone else. At the end of the day, your desire to get that person to like you, it mustn't put you in a place where you no longer can see who you are and communicate exactly who that is. Because all you're doing at that point in time is setting yourself up for a lot of pain down the line. Don't overpromise. In relation to femininity, um, to some extent, we we are pressured and we are guided. To some extent, we are motivated by the other in exuding what is attractive amongst men because uh, of the expectation it sets for us. We don't we don't often date for ourselves. We date for the other as well. I guess that talks to the courting process during when we're still dating. Absolutely, and I think that is really where you and I should should probably spend a lot more time, even in the future, about the courting process because the courting process is the process. Where oftentimes we are putting across ideas that are really unachievable, especially in the in the time frame that sometimes we 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 are proposing. Um, there is there is nothing wrong with the courting process if it's realistic, mm. but we need to really try that. We need to try it because we never even get to a place where we try it. And that's why oftentimes people in their later years, so when they are older, let's say late 30s, 40s, when they pursue relationships, because they've been through so much in life until then, they have much more successful relationships simply because they are so much more realistic about who they are and they are willing to be accepting at that point. And I think that to me is the point is you will find much more um, satisfaction when you are able to communicate who you are realistically and were with someone who could accept that and wasn't offended by it or was caused to run away by it. And that's what we need to be able to. For men, when I, the question you raised earlier on about providing, you you have an opportunity as a man to provide, in inverted commas, that understanding in a relationship. You can lead with that understanding. Create that as a way of doing things in your relationship. Even in your court, you put that out there as this is what it really is. That is leadership in itself. That is providing in itself. So that when the relationship starts, it doesn't start off on this on really shaky ground where you overpromised and you're going to underperform and there's going to be consequences that you're not going to like down the line. Mm. But how do we refine our attraction? Um, because I do think to some extent um, uh, with our construction of what is expected of us based on the other and the media, um, what do we as men, what do we define as attractive and as a successful or a romantic partner that we can get into a significant romantic relationship with? Or we just wing it based on the idea that is currently selling everywhere? Because we are confused about our identity. Sure thing, with our choices, are going to reflect the same kind of confusion i mean 100 percent. which i think for me it's always been a case of what gives me peace that's where i start for me to be at peace with myself to to be at peace with mm. the environment that i'm influencing the most so people who, who for lack of a better word depend on me being at peace i need to 
be espoused mm. to people around me that do not shake that peace. And so it's it starts there for me personally. I cannot mm. find myself in relationships where it's becoming so difficult for me to like myself and find myself at peace with myself. And I'm constantly changing to meet other people's expectations and it's causing confusion to me and who I am. And there it starts to spill out into how I treat everybody around me. I think men should look mm. for partners that bring that kind of peace, whatever mm. you call that peace, but it should be something like that. So that you have something that is your core that you will never give away, no matter what. We all need to have that because that is really you not taking away you in the relationship. And tip is where you give and you get. There also has to be the other side that replenishes you, mm. that also gives to you. And perhaps it's okay to ask of that that can you be the one who gives me peace? Mm. I think if you're going to pursue something that doesn't give you a sense of peace about yourself, you're going to find yourself in a very difficult place many years down the line, if you are planning to do many years down the line. And so the other thing I wanted to say was, pursue a relationship deliberately knowing mm. that you want it to last long. Why you do that is because it'll you will quickly realize mm. what you are willing to give away and what you are not willing to give away mm. if you think long term. If you think short term, you know, you don't really care. If it's just a relationship for a weekend, you think you can lie about who you really are and you don't really care. But if you think it's going to last years, automatically you start to realize, I cannot afford to pull off a lie for a very long time. Neither can I afford to be with someone who doesn't know and like me who I really am and gives me peace for a very long time. So you change the way you pursue it. You change the level of honesty you're going to go into it with, and you change the level of, expect of expectation. And then on the note of expectation, also don't have high expectations of other people. Mm. So that you don't have high um, um, disappointment later on. Let people be people in their flawed nature. Just know that these kind of flaws mm. are too much for me. I cannot deal with them. Mm. Be realistic. But don't expect perfection. Because none of us are perfect. And quite frankly, it's crazy that we expect perfection from each other. Yeah. If somebody does something, it's not that I'll get that disappointed. Mm. I I never had a high expectation mm. of them. And I'm willing to work it out. When we date better, we marry better, and we do community and society better, when that dating process is, 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 is properly done. And I would ask myself, after this conversation, if a young person or a young man asked me, um, where can I start and what can I do in order for me to work towards building a successful dating uh, relationship that will lead into marriage, family, and a better society? Um, I, I struggle to find words as to guiding that young person as to where they can start in this swiping culture that we're having instant gratification and weighing all the services we get from people um, so and actually stopping out of the lustful nature of our society how can you better guide this kind of um, predicament explore yourself enough to come to a place where you know the things that you like and the things that you don't like, you know your core values, you know the, your, your principles, and you're at peace with them. And they they don't make you think of yourself any less because that's what you stand for. Unfortunately, that is something that should have happened with parenting and very good intimate parenting would have allowed you to come to a nice identity about yourself. So in the absence of that, the best thing to do is to, is to work with 
mm-hmm. adults around you who are willing to talk to you and engage with you and mm-hmm. help you answer a lot of questions about yourself so that you can come to a better place. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of much more intimate fathering, but I also accept that mm-hmm. biological fathers are not at home living with their children most of the time, but there are social fathers who can father you without it being your biological mm-hmm. father. So be open to that. Be open to pursue somebody that you respect, that you've seen and you've got respect for as mm-hmm. maybe having the answers and be open to chatting to them and getting to know how they do it or mm-hmm. how they can mm-hmm. help you do it better. And then pursue someone when you eventually mm-hmm. get there. Do it with intention mm-hmm. to build for the long term so that you start putting yourself in a position mm-hmm. to be responsible in the relationship process. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, when you think long term, you think differently about how you approach mm-hmm. it. And if you do that, instantly get away from the traps of instant gratification mm-hmm. and how you would pursue a relationship if you're just seeking instant gratification. You would start asking mm-hmm. different questions about how you build a good foundation mm-hmm. for the future. And then you will you will pursue those kind of answers. So put yourself in that trap, so to speak, so that you do that. Now, I'm not talking to people that are not interested in this at all. I think the day and time for us to address relationships issues with people that don't really want a relationship is gone. If you don't really want a relationship, don't listen to this type of talk. For females, don't... Don't not ask these questions before you, you you say yes. Ask these questions very deliberately and get the answers very deliberately so that when you, you start a relationship with someone, you actually know what you are in, in for. That's very important. Um, and the expectations are set up front. <laughs>